Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, growing in faith and friendship. Our scripture reading now, and it comes from Romans chapter 3, beginning to read at verse 21. On your screen, it's going to come up in the NIV, but I'm actually going to read it from the New Living Translation. We tried to get that up there this morning and it wouldn't go. So listen to the the slight differences, and I think that the New Living Translation makes it slightly easier to understand what's being said. So Romans chapter 3, verse 21 to 28. But now, God has shown us a way to be made right with him, without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No. Because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law, it is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not through obeying the law. May God bless the reading of his word. David mentioned in his prayers the mission to Wales. And I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit more about what's been happening. It's been a busy and exciting few weeks for the many people who've actually been involved in supporting and taking part in Mission to Wales. Right across Wales, from a number of different regions and involving many different churches, including here in Abergavenny, teams of ordinary church members have been going out on the streets just for an hour each day, for nine days. It was from the 6th of July until the 15th of July. And they went out to just speak to members of the public about the good news that firstly, God loves them, and secondly, that he has a plan for their lives. And each day during that time, the people going out And in each area, there were at least five different churches here in this area. I think there were probably about nine or ten different churches involved. 
They got together at about 9.30, collected their materials, and the materials included a little script. Where have I put it? Here it is. A little script to take out to say, a booklet called Six, which has got six pages of simple facts and helpful things about things to do with the faith, and a beautiful presentation of the scriptures, the book of Luke and the book of Acts, uh, given by the Bible Society, a really lovely copy with pictures and beautifully presented, um, and a contact card. So we had to get our materials ready before we went out. And then most importantly, there was an hour of worship and prayer together, and then a simple training session so that everybody knew what they were doing. And then in groups of two or three, people went out just for an hour between 12 and 1 o'clock. And the script that people used and followed as a guide was just this little card. And some of you might have been out on the streets during that week and encountered somebody with that little card who accosted you nicely, I hope, and wanted to go through it. And I'm just going to tell you how it worked. It started with a simple introduction. Hello, I'm Brenda. What's your name? That was hard to do, to just go up to somebody cold who you don't know and just introduce yourself. But then a quick explanation of what we're doing. Um, Some of us are out on the streets today to tell you two things. First of all, God loves you. And secondly, he has an amazing plan for your life. And then came a crucial question. And it's a question that when I saw it, I wasn't quite sure about it. But you know, it's a question that needs to be asked and a question that we found really concerns people, especially in these uncertain days when we're bombarded with tragedy and horrific things daily on our TV screens. And this is the question. If you were to die today, do you know for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that you would go straight to heaven? And during that week... Thousands of people were asked that question, and the answers were very interesting. Lots of people didn't know, or weren't sure, or hadn't really thought about it, or actually weren't bothered at all about it. Lots of people thought that because they had lived a good life, they would go to heaven. Several people actually said that to me, oh, I've I've tried to be good all my life. So I I think I'm going to heaven. Some people said they went to church, so they were all right. But when they were asked to elaborate, they didn't really know that it involved having a relationship with Jesus. And sadly, there was one lady in Abergavenny who confessed that she had always gone to church, but she wasn't sure that she would be going to heaven when she died. Now, the script goes on to tell them three key scriptures with a little bit of explanation, if necessary. The first one was from the passage that we've just read, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all sinners, all of us, you, me, everybody. 
And then Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death. It gets a bit gloomy. But, and I love God's buts, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And finally, from Romans 10, whosoever, I love that whosoever, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that whosoever means me and you and everybody else. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then they were asked if they would allow us to pray a blessing for them before we went. And nearly everybody was so pleased to be prayed for. And some of them would tell us something about their life and their problems and what they would like some prayer for. And at the end of that prayer, because we we did our own prayers there, at the end of that prayer, it asked that Jesus would make himself real to them. And that if they had never prayed to receive Jesus Christ into their lives as their Lord and Saviour, that they would do so right now. And so that simple blessing was prayed, including any needs and the offer of that prayer. And then we would say, if you'd like to receive this free gift, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, you could pray that prayer with me now. And if they consented, and so many people did, we prayed through that prayer with, a prayer with them, and I'll tell you about it in a moment. Some of them read it. Some of them said it after us. Some of them said, I do want to pray that prayer, actually, but I'd like to do it at home. And so we gave them the prayer to take home with them. And this is what that simple prayer said. There's nothing magic about this prayer. There are all kinds of ways of praying it. It simply asks Jesus to forgive our sins and to come into our life and to declare our belief in him. But this is what we prayed with them. Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord. Wash me and change me. Jesus, I believe you died for me. Thank you that you rose from the dead and that you now pray for me in heaven. Help me to live for you and fulfill everything that you have called me to do. I thank you that I'm forgiven and on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. And then the script just goes on to say, I've got the best news that anyone could ever tell you. If you really meant that prayer, and inevitably lots of people prayed that prayer but probably didn't really mean it, But if you really meant that prayer, the Bible says that all your sins are forgiven and you can now know for sure that you are on your way to heaven. But remember, when you make a mistake, don't run away from God. Run to him because he loves you and he has an amazing plan for your life. And then they were given their copy of the gospel and their little book with lots of explanations, and they were invited to leave their contact details because everybody who, le- who had prayed that prayer and left their contact details will have been contacted within 24 hours, ideally, not just once, but at least four times, with a number that they can get back to 
so that there can be a one-to-one mentoring with that person so that they learn to understand exactly what they've done and to start to be discipled and grown into a follower of Jesus. And so that's what we were doing on the streets this week. And it only took about 10 minutes. And the amazing results in numbers for those nine days across the whole of Wales was that by day nine, which was nine hours of people going out, 3,351 people had prayed that prayer. Many more had been prayed with, but preferred to pray that prayer at home. And a lot of those people didn't leave details, but all of those who had left their details will have been contacted. And some of them, not all of them, sadly, some of them will come back and respond and be discipled into faith in Jesus. And every day, everybody who'd gone out on the streets came back to their meeting place. And that was so exciting because there was like a cue to get hold of the microphone and get up and tell everybody what had happened on the streets. And here in Abergavenny, there was a wonderful story. A guy went to Bailey Park with his little team and they walked around Bailey Park. And this was on Tuesday, market day. It was so busy. Um, But in Bailey Park, there was a a young man sitting on a bench by the rugby club. And they went over, and and this guy, who was a big rugby-looking guy himself, chatted to the young man and led him through that process. And the young man willingly prayed that prayer. And so, you know, the guy was really pleased that, that that had happened and went off. When he got back to Gateway, where we were all meeting, there was a young lady there... And she said, I've got to tell you, I've just had a text from my friend. Me and my friend have been praying for this guy for ages and ages for him to receive Christ. And he's just texted me and said, some bloke came up to me in Bailey Park and started talking to me about Jesus. And now I've prayed the prayer and I've become a Christian. And she was so excited. She rushed down to Gateway because she knew what was happening to tell everybody um, that her prayers had been answered. And, and it was just awesome. Um, in Pontypris, when they went out, there was a lady who was approached and immediately she said, no, I don't want to know about that, I'm an atheist. And they, they carried on, no, I'm an atheist. No, could you tell me I'm an atheist? And, and so they prayed the blessing on her and said, well, you can pray if you like, but I'm an atheist. And uh, they gave her a, a look at, at the Bible and she took the Bible and she opened it and out of the Bible jumped at her a verse that really hit her. She just saw it and it went whoomph. And I can't remember exactly what the verse was, but it so struck her, it was so speaking into her situation. She went very quiet and she didn't pray the prayer and and she still kept saying, I'm an atheist. But when they got back to the church, she was sitting in the church. And they said, what are you doing here? You're an atheist. And she said, well, I was, I was so blown away by that verse that I read when I opened the Bible that I thought I'd better get in a church quick. And she said, I think I need to pray that prayer. And they sat and prayed with her. And, you know, she came into faith. And it was just an amazing story. Um, in Swansea, in the pilot, there was a homeless guy 
who prayed that prayer on the street. And of course, he couldn't leave a contact number to be contacted and followed up. Uh, But he was given the scriptures. And a few days later, in the pouring rain, some of the other teams saw him out in a doorway, sitting there reading his Luke's gospel. So we just don't know what all of these encounters have done for thousands of people who've been approached during that short week. Now, I put my name down as a follower-upper. I was one of the people who was going to be contacted and come alongside somebody who had prayed the prayer. But I really wanted to see how it was done. So I went out on the Tuesday, and it was hard. I don't find doing that easy, just talking to people that I don't know. But everybody that we approached was fine. Nobody was rude. And... um, We were able to pray the prayer with a farmer guy in the market and we prayed for another gentleman in Wilkinson's. He didn't want to pray the prayer, but he was very pleased to have the blessing. And then on the Thursday, I went to Brecon and went out with the churches in Brecon. And down by the river, there was a teenager with his dog sitting on a bench. He was so open to hear what we were saying and and he was so ready to pray the prayer Um, And we prayed for him, and we prayed for his dog as well. There was something wrong with his dog. So he said, could you pray for my dog, please? We prayed for his dog. And then there was a man who was emptying bins. And I said, no, we better not disturb him. He's working. Well, my friend was in like a rocket. Had a wonderful conversation with him. And as we prayed for him, his eyes filled up. And he didn't want to pray the prayer there and then on the street. But he said, can I take it home with me? And so... He took the prayer home, and who knows what the Lord will do with him. And one of the older gentlemen, older gentleman, I expect he was about my age, um, who we went out with, he said, when I was given the privilege of praying that prayer with somebody, he said, I found tears pouring down my cheeks because I've been a Christian for many, many, many years, and that's the first person I've ever led to Christ. And Jesus says, doesn't he, go and make disciples. And it was just awesome to be part of that process of going and making disciples. Oh dear, poor Tabitha. Mike preached a wonderful sermon last week. It was from Luke 4, verse 18. And it said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. And he called it, didn't he, Jesus' manifesto. That's what Jesus came to do. And that's what he told us, his followers, to do. And going out on the streets the other week, with that good news of the gospel, really demonstrated that scripture. There have been healings. There have been miraculous stories of prayers speaking right into people's situations. We've seen that here for ourselves with Rianne's knee being healed. And almost more exciting and encouraging has been the way that ordinary church members responded to the challenge. The unity amongst the churches taking part, the friendships and the links that were made, 
the worship and the prayer that was shared was just so uplifting. And it's kind of mobilized the church to go out and do what Jesus told us to do, which is go and make disciples. And it's only the beginning now, because now the churches have had a practice and they've seen what can actually happen when ordinary people go out and speak out what they know. It's going to snowball out and it's going to go to other churches. And this wasn't just planned for one week. It's planned over five years so that it's going to continue and grow. And as these people are discipled and are fed into churches, then we're going to see a wonderful growth. We spoke at the beginning of the service, as we began our singing, of that verse in Psalm 103 that says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And you know, that word benefit has been on my radar recently, because there's another verse in Hebrews chapter 4. And it says in the NIV version, we also, we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them. Or in another translation, the word did not benefit them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. And you know, those words, the word did not benefit them, has really jumped out at me. How sad to have heard the word, to know the good news of the gospel, but not let it benefit you. The sad part of speaking to people on the, on the street was the number of people who didn't want to know, but also the number of people who had attended church in the past, but for whatever reason had stopped going. And sadder still, the people who actually go to church, but who didn't know for sure that they were going to heaven when they died. Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 63, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing and the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life but some of you and he's talking to his followers some of you do not believe those people that we spoke to who said they'd been in church must have heard the word at some time in their lives but the word did not benefit them Because there's a spiritual change that takes place when we pray that prayer, asking Jesus to be Lord of our lives, that should give us an assurance that whatever is going on in our lives, we know without a shadow of a doubt that we belong to God and that we're going to heaven. How do we know? Jesus said so. Paul and the other New Testament writers reinforce it. How do we know that? It's in the Word. And the Word, our Bible, our Scriptures, are there to benefit us. They're there for us to get hold of. They're there for us to strengthen and guide us, to teach us, and to enable us to live our lives accordingly. The more we know about what the Word says, the more it impacts us and benefits us. And as Mike said last week, 
To know what the word says, we need to be reading our Bibles regularly, properly, allowing it to sink in and make a difference to the way we live our lives. We need to be taking hold of those key verses of assurance about salvation, about eternal life, and living our lives according to them. I've been to too many funerals recently that have been secular funerals. And what a difference when you go to a Christian funeral and you have that wonderful hope of heaven. I don't like being in a funeral where they play, I did it my way. I want to do it his way. That's why there's been such an emphasis on discipling, coming alongside and mentoring new Christians so that before they even get to church, they know what Jesus is all about. So the challenge for us today, for us here in ABC, is how would we answer that question? If you were to die today, do you know for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that you go straight to heaven? Do we know in our hearts because we've asked Jesus to come into our heart and become our Lord because we've asked him to forgive our sins and declared that we believe he died and rose again. If we've done that, we can be sure, without a shadow of doubt, that we're going to heaven. You know, we're so blessed to have free and easy access to the scriptures in our country. We're so blessed to have Mike's teaching here in this church, because it opens up the word to us, doesn't it, and makes it so accessible and so easy to understand. So let's not be like those people in Hebrews who didn't benefit from the word, who heard it, who knew it, but didn't allow it to impact them. So if there's anyone here today who knows that actually they need to pray that prayer because they're really not quite sure about heaven, I'm going to say it now in a moment as we end our our morning. And you can just quietly say it with me and mean it in your heart. And for those of us who have that assurance, as we pray, give thanks to God for his amazing grace and pray for those who prayed that prayer for the first time on the streets and for those here today who might be praying that prayer for the very first time. Let's all pray. Jesus, Come into my heart and be my Lord. Forgive my sins, wash me and change me. Jesus, I believe you've died for me. Thank you that you rose from the dead and now pray for me from heaven. Help me to live for you and fulfill everything you have called me to do. I thank you that I'm now forgiven and on my way to heaven, in Jesus' name. And Lord, may we who have prayed that prayer benefit from your word. Help us to live our lives by it. May your word be our strong foundation, our anchor and grounding place. May we have that assurance of knowing who we are in Christ according to your word. Holy Spirit, 
teach us and guide us to continue in our journey of faith, whether we are just at the beginning or further on the way, always growing closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if there is anyone here who prayed that prayer for the first time or prayed it to recommit themselves and who wants to tell us, now you can stick your hand up and we can all whoop and celebrate because the word says when one sinner repents, the angels in heaven rejoice, so we will rejoice too. And if you would rather come and tell me afterwards, then we can have a talk about it afterwards. But now we're going to sing our final hymn. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.